Hello, this is Caleb, and I am here with my grandfather, Jim Garcia. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. That is great. This is part four of the Jim Garcia interview. We took a bit of a hiatus, but now we're back. You know, last week was Thanksgiving, and I had a wonderful time. I always do. In fact, I don't think I ever missed a Thanksgiving in my 28 years of existence. It's been a tradition that I look forward to every year. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. And this Thanksgiving, which possibly is the last one at your house, was very special to me because of the slideshow. You had this great idea of, hey, you should put together this slideshow of photos then and now of the family. And uh, it, that was a, it went over well, it was a good experience. It was, it was a highlight, and because uh, every, had everybody's attention, because it's a more than a more than a human interest story here. I mean, they, yeah, they could go back in uh, in time a little bit. And says, oh yes, I remember uh, when I was that young. When we were that young. So, uh, and that ties in well with this continued interview, as you may recall. Um, you know, before we jump, where well, we last left off, we we're talking about the wedding. But before we go there, I have a follow up question from the previous. When you said, um, when you played basketball at Pepperdine, you said that you earned your letter. What does that mean? How does one earn a letter? Well, in, in sports, uh, <clears throat> in this case, and in particular, it's basketball, but to earn a letter, you have to, first of all, make the team, and um, I think there are some, some requirements in terms of how much you play as well uh, but I think just I think just in general just making the team you can't just ride the bench the whole time um, I wouldn't think so and, I, and I, you know it's really funny because I I never never thought about it and as a matter of fact I never thought about lettering I thought about playing basketball in college so and what letter of the alphabet do you get the beginning of the university, Pepperdine University. Oh, so it's, it's a P, yes. and they sew it onto your jacket. Yes, or, or sweater or whatever or you sweater. want. Or uh, sweater. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, I don't, I don't know much about sports, so that was interesting to me. All right, so uh, when we last left off, we were just talking about the wedding, but we didn't go into a lot of detail. This is your wedding. This is... Um, you, uh, you got married June 18th, 1960. Okay, so um, wh where was the wedding? Was there a best man? Was there a maid of honor? Was it a big wedding? The wedding itself was held at um, a church called Asbury Methodist Church, uh, where I was attending when I was in high school. And um, we knew the pastor there, and it was a very old church, but... There was an awful lot of wood paneling throughout, red carpeted rug. It was just a beautiful uh, environment inside. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was big and roomy. <clears throat> and um, so because that's where I was attending at the time, um, well, I, and actually... Um, well, you said there were two pastors that right. did it. Yours and then Mercy's brother 
And which brother was right, that? That would have been her older brother, uh, Salvador. Salvador, Salvador okay. Delgado. So they both officiated at the both wedding. Officiated. Yeah. Okay. Did you have a best man? I did. Um, was it Henry? No. Okay. Hey. There was a. Was was June invited to the wedding? No. June was the one that set you up well, with mercy. She, she she might have been. I I <laughs> certainly was aware of it. I I don't remember now. Well, Henry was your best buddy. Who all was there? You know. <laughs> yeah. There's a little story behind that and not a very pleasant story either of who your best man was yeah no uh, who oh, of, of henry, of henry. Of what happened to henry of what happened to henry. oh there's a bit of a falling out no and yes no and i'm not sure how much i want to share this part but i was a brand new christian and we we did everything together. We listened to music together. We went to the Hollywood Bowl together. We played basketball together. And went to high school together. Um, so we, we were pretty close. Um, spent a lot of time together. But before I was a Christian, um, the value system was different. Sure. And I wasn't too sure that and I was actually advised, and looking back, I think it was not a good advice, advise that in order to not to be tempted in those values again, that you, I, sh I should drop the relationship, which I did. And um, I think that's very common and relatable. That happens but, with a lot of friendships. But... but uh, that was not good advice. After all those years, he may not uh, have had the exact same belief that I did, but he was my closest friend. And so to that matter, he should have been my best man. Um, so at one point, you just had zero contact with him? Well, I, uh, I don't remember all of that too much, except that he did get married and... I went to go visit him once when he was married, and my being young myself still, and he being young, it was a, it was an awkward moment because I've never had one of my friends have a wife before. Mm -hmm. So even going to the house and feeling comfortable. He got married before you did. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, but I just felt bad that. I should have continued the relationship. But not to uh, uh, Francine's daughter. Um, Francine. <laughs> or M Mercy's uh, uh, niece. That that You guys all went on the double date together. It was not to her. I'm, I'm joking because oh, oh. I know it wasn't her. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was Angie. That oh, Angie. I know, Angie, I know yes. who you're talking about, yeah. So, but, but uh, apart from that, um, okay. that's what happened. Okay, well then who was your best man? Um, if you have Louis one, because I'm Delgado. Louis Delgado. Okay. And one reason why he, he was is because he was the one that walked down with me in the Billy Graham crusade at the Coliseum Okay. when I went forward to receive Christ as my Savior. And I asked him if he would come down with me. 
Which Coliseum is, is this? The Los Angeles Coliseum. Uh, so the USC. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was... Um, so oh, Was that after the Olympics were in L.A.? Before. They built... Okay. Well, let's see. I can't, weren't, weren't they here twice? Um, no, I think that was... I think they, I forget how many times they were there. But I actually went to go see um, some events at the Coliseum. Um, okay. But that, I think that was later on after we married and yeah. Okay, so um, mo- most of your immediate family probably went, um, you know, your brothers and mom right. and dad and right. They all went probably uh, Luther's uh, son Jerry. My my cousin Jerry, sure. Who you're, sure, uh, you were I'm, close with in the army. I I I'm, all my family on my mother's side were, were there. And, and of course, all all of Mercy's family was there too. So Mer- Mercy, so her father walked her down the aisle, and they they did. Because there's probably a combination of traditions. You have uh, American traditions, maybe Hispanic traditions. Uh, there wasn't too much of a Hispanic flavor to the thing. It was pretty much pretty much American mm-hmm. uh, uh, standard church and. Standard procedure, except for two pastors, if you're but <laughs> but apart from that, it wasn't no. bilingual. No, not okay. bilingual either. <laughs> Who was Mercy's maid of honor? Do that would recall? be um, Lupi. Lupi, her sister Lupi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's the one who just passed away this last this Lupe year in Irvine. This year, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, was there a? reception after yes and it was at the church <laughs> i have a fascination with weddings so i'm always curious That's right. there about was a, uh, people's weddings uh nothing elaborate but it was at the church the women of the church right had, had put on if you will a reception for us okay that's nice and is there a mariachi also band? but uh, no no no, no. Oh, okay. and i also believe that um well, I would need Mercy to verify this, that her family was also involved in the reception part of it. Yeah. So, But it was like a very modest, it was almost like a like a tea, if you will, <laughs> in church. Because um, how do you feed 300 people? <laughs> you know, well, I don't even know, how many, I don't even know how many attended at that time. Um, I don't even remember the amount. The church is a pretty good sized church, but do you remember was there like a flower girl or a ring bearer? Well, um now you're testing my memory now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'd well, have to check with Mercy and the flower girl. One of the most important days of your life. For the 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 Ring Bearer? Flower the Ring okay. Bearer yeah. was my brother. Mike? Mike. Mike, yeah. And he was a little tyke yeah, at, the at that, that time. time at that time. And um, I'm trying cool. to remember the flower him. girl, but I think it was one of um, one of Mercy's one of her nieces or yeah uh, relatives. And I'm trying to remember which one that was because there were a lot of them, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember which one it was now. So, did you go on a honeymoon after the? That same night, I already had made reservations 
for, we were going to leave on a honeymoon to Lake Arrowhead okay. for about, for about nice a week. And, but rather than travel late at night, um, we, uh, I made res reservations at a hotel in downtown Los Angeles. So nice. we stayed there for one night and then moved up to uh, Lake Arrowhead for about about a week or so. And uh, the only thing that was a, a little embarrassing was I thought that I had earned, I was working at the time, and I thought I had earned X number of vacation days. But my, my count was wrong, and oh. I thought I had one more than I actually had. So when I returned to work, I got nothing but ribbing and kidding when I got back. How come you didn't come back when you were supposed to? One more day, huh? You're not going to say one more day? And... So and I remember that like clockwork. Cause I just thought I had that number of days and I, it was wrong. But uh, yeah, it was, it was um, the Lake Arrowhead at that time was very different than what it is today. In fact, uh, one of the things that we did, which is what they had up there, was miniature golf. So one of the oh, days yeah. we did miniature golf. And one of the nights in like a lower basement of one of the shops that was up there, they had a bowling alley. Two lanes. And so we went bowling for a, a few nice. nights too. <laughs> And just to date me, um, when we went bowling, this is the old system of re uh, retrieving the ball, and that meant that at the other end of the alley, there oh. was a there was a guy there. <laughs> it was the guy setting up the pins, and he's setting up the pins, and then uh, setting them for us to do, to do the next two balls, and at the end of bowling in. No matter where you went, you had to tip the guy that's at the end. Oh wow! So you wind up sending, throwing, literally throwing <laughs> coins down the oh, alley, yeah. so you can get get him you know, to tip the tip the guy. Yeah, the pin setter is one of those jobs that that went away. Yeah, oh yeah, and as soon as they got automatic pin setter. I, I read this thing about um, before alarm clocks. There was an alarm clock guy who would stand outside the windows with a stick and tap on the windows. Oh my gosh. And he was like a human alarm clock. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, it's June 1960, you're married, and you guys now move in together. Yes. So, wh where is that house? Uh, our first our first home was in South San Gabriel. Okay. And mm -hmm. looking back, what was unique about it was we actually moved into a house the first day that we were married. And um, after the honeymoon, went right when you came back, you exactly. moved in. Uh, on the extra day that I didn't go back to work, I, I used it for the house <laughs> there. Um, yeah, uh, it was it was kind of neat because um, we had virtually no furniture. I mean, just a couple of things, a, a bed and whatever. I'm not even sure we had a sofa. Maybe some chairs and. Um, it was kind of neat because I remember the first night that I came home from work, I couldn't believe I was coming to 
my wife and that there was somebody there actually waiting for me yeah. to see me and then going to actually take care of me by preparing a meal for me. And uh, that was uh, quite a, a feeling for that first night coming home from work. It was just... Um, which means yeah, I never lived independently. I went from living with my parents' home because mm -hmm. I was going to school at the time for three years. And so when I got married, I just went from home to the our home. Mm -hmm. And I remember... Which is a step up. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and it's really, really fun, funny. Neither of us ever thought of getting an apartment. It just never crossed our mind. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I guess we're, we're supposed to get a home, so we all go out and try and find a home. <laughs> and I remember filling out the application on the loan document. List all of your assets. We had just bought a bed. <laughs> I actually listed my violin as an asset. And we just had... I was scraping up everything I can think of. Wow, so you didn't even have to borrow money from anyone. Or did you? No. No? No. And you were pretty familiar with uh, loans and stuff because you worked at the bank. I was learning. You were learning. And, and it was very helpful because I worked at a bank. They helped with the escrow. And, you know, at that time, what's an escrow? You know, and so I really learned a lot at, at that time from them. And, uh, in fact, it saves it saved me from doing something foolish in a, in a loan contract. Because um, they were doing the work that they were supposed to do as an escrow company and discover something that was not correct on another house that we were going to buy. But uh, but it was just wonderful. It was. Um, so yeah, it was, it was front it was, yard, backyard. A it was. It's a pretty long. How many lot. bedrooms? It was pretty long lot because it was on the street. You had to actually drive your car down to a carport which is in front of the house. Mm -hmm. And if you go behind the house, there was a, a, a yard almost as big or longer than it was in the front, but the house was moved onto the lot. Okay. So it's an old house, but all new wiring, all new plumbing, all new that kind of thing. So that sounded pretty good to me, but there's no backyard, so I would have to do something but there. But a long front and, and even driveway. Nothing, oh. Yeah, but there was nothing in front either. Yeah, so we had to plant everything in front, and we never did get around to the backyard. Um, but it was it was a two-bedroom home, one bathroom, and uh, some very small kitchen nook, but it was enough for two. Enough for two. Yeah. And at the time, you were working as a systems analyst still? My first job, I was hired as a correspondence writer and I would answer um, letters that shareholders would write in and ask about their stock and stuff and dividends and proxies and things like that and so uh, I'm, I was a correspondent so I would write letters back to them and give them the information that they needed. That's where I started. Then from there it did go into um, uh, they sent me into a management training program and because of my copious notes, they put me... Uh, you were a 
policy and procedures writer. Then they promoted me to a policy and procedures writer. Yeah. Okay, and that was U.S. Bank. Or no, no. Union Bank. Union Bank. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So okay, I'm going to try to do some math here. June 1960, you get married. Elizabeth Ann Garcia, born July 16th, 1961. So, uh, you became pregnant with your first child within a few months. It was the first, uh, first year. Uh, first or, year. Yeah, shortly after the first year, yeah. So, how, how many kids were born in that house when you were living there? Did, it, did you go straight from there and your next house was in Agora? Or was there another house? No. Um, I need help here from my wife you know, in terms <laughs> of who was at what. Um... Elizabeth was born in the South San Gabriel, and I have the dates of the births. If that helps. Well, we were there at South San Gabriel for three years, roughly. So from sixty okay. to sixty-one, sixty-two, sixty, sixty-one, and sixty-two. So between sixty-two and sixty-three. Because Steve was in sixty-three. Okay, so I see it's the very close there. So he would not there. have been born there. Well, he, he might have been. Yeah, he might have been. Because we okay. moved after three years to a place in um, Valinda. Okay, Valinda. And that's in, still in East Los Angeles. And it was a two-story home. And it was a very, very, and it was wonderfully landscaped because the person who lived there, that's what they did for the city or landscaping. So they had a very nice landscaped home, two-story. Okay, well, so was Matt also born there? We'll have to go by the years again. Because so I was there also three years. Okay. Because so Matt's born 64, William was born in 67, yeah, as a matter and Andy of... in 68. So was anyone born after you moved to Agora? No. No, Okay. No. So you moved to Agora with five we kids. Went from, from Valinda home, we went to El Monte. And it was from El Monte home. And I believe they had all so, five by then. So Agora was your fourth home together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So let's back it up to Elizabeth Ann Garcia for a moment. Um, uh, where did that name come from? Just the name you liked? Just the name we liked. Elizabeth. Yeah. Okay. Of course, Garcia came with the territory. Yes, that's <laughs> true. So, um, so uh, do you remember uh, when she was born? Were, were you in the delivery room? What was that experience like? Your first child. Well, now, now I have to get on my soapbox. Because Please that, do. Because that, because <laughs> of that's a question. Um, I'll back. I'll have to fast forward a, a little bit. Okay. The only birth that I saw was my first grandson. Devin. Devin. That's it. And when I saw that birth <coughs> of Devin, I was really... Caused, it caused me to think. I was very upset, if you will, inside, because after seeing what it takes for a woman to have a, a baby... I could not imagine why they would not force husbands to be in there with their wives. I just couldn't understand it. 
So when Liz was born the first time, including all four remaining kids after her, they would not let me into the delivery room. Unless I pushed it, I think. Maybe if I pushed it, maybe they would. And their excuse was, men can't handle it, they faint, or what they, I mean, whatever it was, yeah. they, they would not let me in. So I saw none of my births except I was just not, it was normal for the man to not be allowed in there. At that time. At and, that time. And the, 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 the ironic thing about it is I got a little excited because they invited, <coughs> at the North Glendale Hospital anyway, um, uh, I think all the kids were born in North Glendale Hospital. To, um, with, to the it, same doctor, right? Yeah. That delivered them all. Yeah. Um... His son took over his practice. Yes, that's right. Um, but they offered a maternity tea. So I said, well, hey, let's go. Find out what's cooking, you know. And, and uh, the baby hadn't been born yet. Like a tea that you drink? Huh? Yeah, tea, yeah. Like a maternity, like a tea for women, if oh. you will. This is called maternity tea instead of a <laughs> women's tea. And that's the closest thing they had. So all the couples went, and we were about you know, six or seven couples who were going to have a have their first child, and uh, so they showed us a film of what to do after the baby's born. What happened before? What happened before? <laughs> so they said, "Okay, now he's been born," and said, "Okay, well, wrap him up, and how you oh, treat please. the umbilical, how you treat the the belly button that's just been severed from the umbilical cord, and how to take care of that, and all this kind." Of but um, that's all they showed. So we had our tea and cookies and went home after that. And that was it. And um, so, uh, but but after seeing my first grandson born, I, of course, today, uh, I think they take videos and put lights up and everything <laughs> and everything else in there today. <laughs> but back then, they would not let you in. And I felt, I really felt uh, slighted. Yeah. I really did after I saw Devin born. Why? Well, I mean, these are, and you know, he's my grandson, not my my regular uh, children. And, and I wish, I wish that's the only thing I regret not having to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of times, the the father, you know, cuts the cord, sure. and uh, I'm I'm fine with not cutting the cord. <laughs> so, um, but do you remember like when Liz was born? Uh, you know. Driving Mercy to the hospital, like her water broke with the getting the phone call, like it's time, because the the first child is like you're the most nervous, or you know. Yeah, I think that I think the very first one was I. I boy, I'm only going back now. I, I just remember one of one of I, I think it was Liz, but I'm not sure now. Um. Because these aren't like scheduled C-sections where you know when that's going to happen. These are just natural births. Right. Um, Did you typically, like you got a phone call, hey, we need you? That was so long ago. I, just, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Um, I just remember one time, and it might have been the first one or second one, I can't remember who it was, where, where I was working... Um, She thought she was having contractions, and I think she went to the hospital. But then, we lived in, in this particular birth in Valinda, which is pretty far out in East LA, 
and our hospital that we went to was in North Glendale. So that's quite a, that's quite a trip. And my fear was having a child in the car on the way over. And some happened at night, some happened during the day. Yeah. Um, but I remember one time they they picked her up because I was at work and they, they took her to her mom's house, which is about halfway to the hospital in East Ealing. And then uh, she stayed there until the contractions got more frequent. And then, then they called me and then I think, I think I can't remember if I took her to the hospital or met her there. But uh, I don't remember too much panicking, you know, kind of thing and picking up the wrong suitcase and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that they do in the movies. But um, it was always serious waiting in the waiting room. And did you and Mercy, um, you guys both wanted a big family and you, you discussed? We never really talked about it too much. At, at one point, when we had three or four, we were thinking of six. And, um, but then when um, the fifth one came along, Mercy said, that's, that's enough. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's enough. okay. We'll yeah. have the, you know, we have the basketball team, not another kind of <laughs> team. So, 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 we, so you so both we, wanted a big so family. So we stopped. We thought, yeah. And you know, it's, again, it was kind of like the house thing. We, we didn't do a lot of planning on it, if you will, or consulting, or at the being in the beginning of marriage, saying, no, we're only going to have two, or we're going to have, we never really came up with a figure that I can remember. Of course, Mercy might remember more than me, but... Uh, but it wasn't a situation where, oh, we're Catholic and we don't believe in birth control, so we're just going to have as many as we have. Correct, yeah. Yeah, it was just a matter of... She came from a big family. Uh, I came from, you know, three other brothers. My mom came from a family of nine. <laughs> yeah, nine. And she came from a family of 12, so... It wasn't a matter of being frightened about having a big family, if you will, or concerned. All right. So, Stephen James Garcia, my father, April 23rd, 1963, the first boy. Uh, where did that name come from? Um... Not from either side of our family. We we chose our. These own were all names. all names you liked. Yeah, we. Yeah. And some of them, it looks like, came from the Bible. Matthew, yes. uh, Andrew. Yes. Probably came from the Bible. Matthew, Paul, Paul. You know. Yeah. Andrew, Peter. Okay. Um. So we'll just go through the list. Matthew, Paul Garcia, born December fifth. Ooh, that's coming up. Uh, yeah. Is that tomorrow? We already got his birthday. Is that today? When is that? No, no, today's the oh. second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, December 5th, 1964. William Greg Garcia. Greg being short for Gregoria. Yes. Born November 16th, 1967. And Andrew Peter Garcia, born May 13th, 1968. So, is that five kids in seven years? Yeah. 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 One after another. Yep. Um, the only the only incident I don't know if I mentioned it, mentioned it before was <clears throat> a scary incident when 
in the Valinda home, second home, Steve, uh, your dad. Um, remember the North North Hill North Glendale Hospital is quite a ways. Um, went upstairs, tucked him in. All all the kids, Elizabeth and Steve, and I can't remember if Matthew. I think Matthew was there too. And next morning, went upstairs, checking on before I went to work at Union Bank, and uh, and Steve's bed is pillow and sheets, including his pajamas were all covered in blood. Oh. So it was it was time to panic a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Blood's and and he woke, woke up, we woke him up, tried to look around, see what happened. We didn't find him on the floor. We didn't find him. We couldn't know what happened, except that he fell off and he must have injured when in his fall. So, and, and, and the blood seemed to have stopped. It wasn't fresh. And he was, uh, we could wake him up. It was fine. So we called the doctor and he said, oh, yeah, bring him in. And let's see, see what's going on. So now this is that, if you will, I'm leaving for work. So it's like 7 in the morning. I'm going from Valinda to downtown. That's where I used to work. And of course, this is going to North Glendale. So that's that's even farther than downtown. I'm having to go down the... Uh, I forget which way I went. But you know, it's quite a distance. So, but on my way through downtown... I'm just getting ready before the uh, on Santa Monica Freeway, and right before you get to the place where it splits and it goes into the Civic Center, I'm still on the ten. I ran out of gas. On and the I, way. On the yeah. way to the hospital with Steve in his pajamas, all filled. Oh no! So. Is, is only, he a only, baby or a toddler? Yeah, he's probably about or two years old, three years old. Three years old, yeah. And I used to joke with Mercy. He says, Mercy, things happen to me that you can't write a <laughs> book about. He said, I invented Murphy's Law. My real name is Murphy, okay? I want you to, so, Anything that can go it, wrong that's right. will you, go wrong. It will, I invented that thing. So, sure enough, I ran out of gas. And... On both sides of the freeway, it's, it's slopes. And I wasn't anywhere near an exit. So I had to make a path. And I just got out of the car. And I moved over to the side of the road. Went up one of the slopes. And of course, I hit probably, what was it, uh, five foot, six foot or whatever it was, chain link fence. So I had to climb over the fence with Steve in my wow. arms. And go on foot. And go on foot. And yeah, I, to I wasn't. Even, I I knew the area roughly, but I had to get out of the freeway. So I finally got over the fence. I forget how far I walked to the closest gas station. I said, "Hey, I need. I'm out of gas. I need to uh, um, get a can." Yeah. So I had to carry the gasoline bag can plus Steve. Oh. Uh, he walked probably most of the way, but going over the fence, I had to carry him over. And I got to my car and put the gas in and went. I finally wound up in North Glendale Hospital, all during traffic hour. Eight million cars passing me by as I'm trying to climb this fence. It's a wonder nobody stopped me. And 
said, what are you doing up there? And the doctor said he was okay when... when well, when we got to the hospital, it was just uh, myself and Steve, because uh, Mercy was watching our kids at home, and he said he cut his lip. That was it. There was a thing on the inside of his <laughs> lip. Yeah, and you know, there's no skin there. The blood, yeah. So it just it just bleeds and bleeds and bleeds. So he had like a see what do they call it? Hemoglobin or a little ball, oh, yeah. a little ball there. And but he's two years old. And he said the only problem is, he said no, I can get in there and stitch it, but it's going to be worse because if you get in your mouth you're just you're going to bleed more, and he's two years old. Yeah. So he said, uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to put him to sleep or anything. So he said, no, I think he'll be okay. He just has to not play with it with his tongue. Put a napkin in there, yeah, something. So, um, Some I don't cotton. know. He, he, he said, as long as, when you get him home, he says he just needs to sleep it off. And I think for a while, uh, that was quite a job for, for Mercy because when he got home, she had to hold him for quite a while. Excuse me, until he fell asleep. Because he kept playing with it. Oh, yeah. And that, that he, he couldn't do that. So that was a long day. Wow. So the the city you were living in, what, what, what was that it was called? The, that was Valinda, where I was Valinda. At, that, at that time. So how? So Valinda is, you know, just, just past the La Puente. Uh, and before you, before you get to West Covina. Yeah. A long way to North Glendale Hospital. So how, how uh, was that a bigger house than the San Gabriel house? Yes, um, it was a nicer house. At that house. point, it's a full house, five it kids. Was, and uh, it was two two stories, and it was uh, we had th- three bedrooms, two two okay. upstairs and one master bedroom downstairs. So we added uh, added another bedroom, which we needed at that point. Yeah, and so it, but it had it, but they, but probably the girl is in one, and then yeah, each two room boys, has two boys, and two so. boys, and then. The, the yards, uh, it was not so, so so large as the first home, and and I just had to maintain the yard now, not plant. So and, and it was beautifully landscaped. So that was really nice to be able to have that home. Now at at this point in the sixties, um, was it were the diapers cloth, or were they disposable? Yeah, I can't remember what year it was, but I believe it was. Gee, we already had. All, I think all five kids, I believe, and I have to ask Mercy to be sure, were cloth diapers. So we had to wash them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and That's a lot with my kids. And they had very little uh, milk from, from the, um, what was it? Formula. Yeah. See, I we had the we had bottles that we had to sterilize with the nipples and everything. Yeah. And so that was quite a chore because you actually could there was a kettle that had six holes on it, and you put the bottles in there, and and then you sterilize them that way, and you had to fill them, and it was quite a chore just to prepare bottles back then. For, for, for Interesting. I, I don't quite understand. Uh, you had to sterilize a glass bottle. So no, no, in other words, nothing nothing was disposable. So we had to as soon as they finished a bottle of milk, you couldn't just rinse it out. 
No. This was um, sterilized in like a, a boiling pot of water. Well, yeah, and I think we had to, uh, maybe, uh, and I think we washed the bottles, but, um, gosh, it's been so long that I used to, I, I used to do then? that. Huh? Um, I just remember having to make the formula and put it in bottles and heat it up. Um, and we would do it like six at a time. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, Grandma always says that each kid, she got like a new appliance. <laughs> like a, yeah. now we get the vacuum. <laughs> is, is income that true? tax, income tax. Usually at the end of the year, income tax, we always, always declared. Um, Another dependence. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, no, I always did, but I always did. Um, I've forgotten because I've been so long. Where they would take out too much money, a refund. So I always got the refund. You got the refund at the end of the year. That's where we got the new appliances. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so what were the new appliances at at that time? This, I mean, this was before dishwashers, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, before and, vacuums. Um, no, they had them. Yeah. We didn't have them. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I'm, and this is why I need really mercy to be able to be more specific because when we were living in the Almani home, now that's, we were there three years in each one, so three, six, so maybe in our eighth year of marriage, um, in the Almani home we did not have, it, uh, that's when we finally got our first washer and dryer, or maybe first washer. Okay. Because we were we were doing it at laundromats. Okay, I was thinking, uh, did you uh, have like a clothesline outside? Well, especially or you pretty as, much went to laundry. Oh yeah, uh, we had clotheslines um, at the San Gabriel home, and. If if we didn't if uh, but there was always some kind of lineup because if, if we didn't have anything we'd either go to the laundromat, but there were kind of emergency things where she'd have to hang things outside. But it was usually at the laundromat where we went to go. So to can I ask you this? Yeah. You know I have a fear of holding babies because I'm just a nervous person. Uh, did holding babies come naturally to you? Something you were comfortable with? Uh, I'm just a very careful. Oh yeah, support I think, the neck, you know. Yeah, I think. Uh, um, some people are just naturals at it. I don't know that I'd be called a natural, um, but I, I cer certainly, when it, especially at the very beginning, our infants, mm -hmm. um, I was very, very um, cautious about how how I held them and and any kind of whimpering that might have, have sounded. And, um, but you just, you know, the, you know that you have him in your arms and you know, it would, you, have, you, have you know, what would scare me cloth diapers, clothespins, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't poke the baby with the clothespin, not clothespins, but the, uh, safety pins, oh, safety pins, safety pins. <laughs> okay. safety, yeah. That's, that's a little well, I, same thing. I had to be careful and yeah. to, um, but if we get, I'm, I'm, I'm at work most of the day, 
So she she did uh, most of that herself, you know. And mm -hmm. I didn't do too much of that, although I was certainly afraid that she was probably a, a natural at it. You grab, you know. She probably grew well, up with babies and nieces. Because and she was the youngest in the family, she took care of a lot of nieces and nephews. Yeah. Even taking one nephew to the hospital to get him circumcised. I mean, she's, she's just been through, at a very early age, before she even got married, she already knows what's, what's happening with babies and how to take care of them. Doesn't uh, circumcision usually happen at birth? Yeah. But but, but again, the, the, the place where she was taking care of one of the nephews, the, the mother is too ill to take him to the hospital. Um, uh, and this was like well, a some, few some, days after birth? Yeah, I, I figured exactly the situation, oh, yeah. but somehow she was involved in that. Wow. So she was involved in a lot of things like that. Right, we, we have to move to a different subject. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so um, so is that fun for you, uh, coming home after work, house full of kids? Uh, like on weekends, what were some of the weekends like? I, I saw pictures of of going to the beach, you know, the, the, the babies at the beach. Um, well, I, uh, I know later on there's like camping trips and stuff. My memory is short. I mean, I just, I don't remember a lot of that. I know that. Cause you had to work a lot during that. Um, I work long hours and at one point, I think it was when we were living in El Monte, our third our third home. Um, I took on a second job to help pay for the maternity costs for the next child. What was the job? Sears. Sears. So I okay. would come come home, mm -hmm. and I think I'd work two or three nights or four nights or on Saturday. I forget what it was. And I would come home. I wouldn't even go directly home. I'd go directly from my work. Come to El Monte, go to Sears in El Monte, and work till ten. Probably from six till ten or seven to whatever it was, and then come home at ten thirty. So it wasn't forever and always, yeah. but but you know it's very admirable that sort of baby boomer work ethic of um, the man provides that that's what he does and he he works and that's his purpose and his duty and you get you know a sense of fulfillment probably from being a, a provider I don't know that I thought about it that deeply at the time <laughs> yeah but at the same time but, but I, you weren't thinking I want you know government assistance or welfare you were thinking no as a matter of fact yeah, it, it's my job to those, provide those things that never come to our mind but but it just I I you know, we're the same age for most part of the year. So, if you will, our, our, our maturity, I think, was different, like maybe most couples, if you will, only in the sense that uh, a lot of our friends were, I mean, at a church were older people. Mm -hmm. We didn't have, like, a lot of peers in our age that we hung out with, so to speak, even with the kids. Yeah, interesting. Um, so, but just seeing 
for both of us, um, my responsibility was to take care of her and take care of the kids and make sure there was food on the table and a roof over our heads and and that's what I had to do. Um, well, how did, how did you get through those tough days of twelve hour work days and one day at a time? Just I one mean, day at a time. Yeah, just, just uh, and again, it wasn't forever. You do what you have to do at the time, and for as long as you have to, and then you then you then you stop. Um, but uh, but I was always trying to move on in my job, mm-hmm. and um, I believe I was very responsible. And but the only only, if you will, downsides of of that is that uh, it's easy to become a workaholic, mm-hmm. and you just you just work 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 work. And, and my my problem is. Uh, uh, it wasn't a chore to me per se. I liked it. It kept me busy. And so I liked working in an office and I liked administration. I liked writing. I liked all those things. Were you a workaholic? Yeah, I was. You know, all no doubt about it. And you can verify that with my kids <laughs> and my wife, you know. So, um, so is part of that a work as a distraction? Oh, no, not as a distraction because I enjoyed what I was doing. In fact, I even. Went to a couple of night classes when I was doing that too. I was always trying to see if I can get ahead and do a little bit more. Workaholic sounds like it. It's addictive. Oh, well, well, that's what a workaholic is. Yeah, uh, for whatever reasons. Yeah. You know, it is. um, um, Yeah, it wasn't a distraction or even an aversion, you know, uh, to come home with five kids, if you will. No, I I enjoy what, what I was doing. Yeah, but um, but that could be dangerous too, obviously. But are are there times when you're you're at Sears and it's late and you're thinking I'd rather be home? Of than, course, of course. Than, you know, yeah, than working. So yeah, but Some you know, balance. it's really weird. I um, because when Mercy became pregnant the very first time, she was working at a school district. At a school district, and so. Because, you know, forget, it was the first year, uh, we were married in June, and Liz was born in July, so I think this after a year. When JFK when was first, president. When, when our, our, our first child came, was just after a year. And so, again, a, another matter that we've never really discussed per se, but maybe it's because of the type of culture we, we grew up with, the baby boomers, that we didn't even discuss... Uh, her going back to work. It never occurred to us mm-hmm. that she was going to do that. So we just did. So, but that, in my mind, um, ever since I was married to her the very first time, I felt such a... Such a uh, and you can't with the baby. Well, no, no <laughs> I think I have responsibility. Yeah. So my, my thing was, this woman is trusting me with her life. Yeah. You know, and and I can't let her down. I I have to provide for her, so that's always been in the back of my mind. Especially when her kids came, and she never went back to work. I gotta provide. I have to provide for them. I want to be sure, you know, they all have shoes and go to school and eat okay. And um, so that's probably an, an, sometimes you have to choose between shoes and a hamburger. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so you're you're living in Almonte. Yeah. Um. 
working at Union Bank, and that was your next job at Sunkist? No. 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 Um, I had several jobs. Uh, Between Union Bank that, and oh, Sunkist? Yeah. yeah, and it's amazing that most of those jobs, I was there three years. It's just, yeah, just gen generally speaking, it's worked out that way. But I went from a bank to um, an insurance company, a life insurance company. Um, then, um, and what, what did you do there? Uh, same types of stuff with always had to do with either policy writing or policy procedure writing. writing, and then then finally I got into actually system analysis and. But it's always, that's all I've done. And then at one point, finally, I was able to go into administration. And I, I really like, I really like that. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of all of the places I've worked before. Um, I've worked for uh, two, two different insurance companies. Mm -hmm. And then I worked for... Um, one of them was beneficial insurance, and the other one was signal insurance. Um, then I went to, uh, when I lived in Almani, I was working for Sunkist Growers, and I worked in Ontario for a while as where they, where, where they, they grew their oranges. And then their headquarters was in downtown Los Angeles. They moved to Sherman Oaks. That's when I made the move from Romani to Agora. Okay, now before we go there, yes, what did you do for Sunkist? More administrative? And I'm still writing uh, policies and procedures for Sunkist. Okay. Yeah, for the most part. All policies, procedures. Now, Personnel but, policies, all kinds of policies. So this is like in a bank, customers come in, but that's different with Sunkist, right? It's, it's just an office. Well, and now even in a bank, again, uh, I'm working on, I have You hardly, don't work with the customers, but... Uh, no, no, I hardly had any contact with customers. Right. But Sunkist is just an office, like there's no... People don't go oh, there to buy Sunkist. That's right. That's true. <laughs> you know, right. You're in like a corporate office. Okay. Correct, yeah. They were one of the... Uh, I think they still exist as, as this type of company. They're called a co-op. Okay. And one of the very few co-ops that are left in the country. And now, so what does that mean, co-op? That means that they co-op, if you will, with growers who grow oranges, who grow lemons, who grow these things. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they contract with them that they will buy their whole crop, everything, good, bad, or indifferent, and when they buy the whole crop, Sunkiss does their own marketing. Growers have nothing to do with the marketing of those products. Okay. So, for example, the oranges, just to give you a rough, a simple, simple illustration, um, they put their brand name, Sunkiss, on the best and on certain sizes. Mm-hmm. If the quality was less than that, they'd have a different brand. If it was less than that, they'd have a different brand. But it was, but it was from the whole same crop. 
from the same grower. So, but they they decided what kind of products they would make out of the products that they bought that were grown by the growers, okay. yeah. including things like orange flavoring you put in cake mixes. Right, they sold yeah, cattle yeah. feed from the orange peeling. They yeah, sold it was perfume, an all juice, right, orange perfume. I mean, just every all candy, pectin candy. They had over four hundred products just from oranges. Did you enjoy working at Sunkist? I did. I enjoyed it a lot, and, and uh, it was different from the normal um, working in banks and insurance companies and things like that. Um, these are people who everyone with, loves orange juice. <laughs> well, well, no, they, these are people who are with agricultural people, okay, farmers, if you will, Dif different environment. When the board of directors would come in, they were all tanned, and, and they had, <laughs> if it doesn't stripe ties, blue, everybody wore blue. Yeah. I mean, nothing like that. And uh, my, you, you wore a tie. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but my two bosses were just wonderful bosses. They just, they're not like a, if you will, somebody boss you might wear in New York. Oh, come on, so, so, come on. hustle, hustle, get me, get me. These, they were just really, really cared for people. They were people people. Yeah. They really were. And the only reason why I left after three years was Liz, Liz needed braces, and they gave me a lousy raise, meaning it was oh. so small that my paper one one wire, you know, of the brace. <laughs> right. So I said, no, I I can't do that. You can get a brace, but not braces. That's right. <laughs> so I quit, and I found another job yeah. at an at, a, at an insurance company. So you're at Slinka. So how did you move to Agora? Um. I always felt, even from hindsight, but even as then, because especially how everything has changed since then. But long story short, um, I was in El Monte, and I always feel this was godsend as far as I, that's my perspective. Uh, living in El Monte, hadn't been there only three years. I didn't have much equity in the home yet. I was just starting to build it up. And Sunkist, I told you I was working in Ontario. Their main headquarters was downtown Los Angeles. They were going to move their downtown Los Angeles office to Sherman Oaks. And they were right by the, right across the street from the LA main public library downtown on 5th and... So that's 5th. a far drive from El Monte to Sherman Oaks, because they're moving it. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, a great, great distance. And so what they did was they offered employees, they wanted people to stay with them. So they said anybody, they had a package for people who rented, and they had a package for people who own homes. So they said, if you own your own home, and if you move with us, whatever you sell your home for, we'll give you 25% of whatever you sell the home for. So you owned your own Monty home? We were buying it. You were buying it. I never okay. completely owned no, it. Right. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was because remember I had, ever since San Gabriel, Belinda, Almani, we just kept get moving to another home, and um, and then they would pay for all your moving expenses. So we started looking. I said, "Well, let's do it," and uh, we wound up moving here to Agora. I think the only out-of-pocket expense I had was twenty-five dollars, because. We changed the color of carpet that they we, that they wanted to oh. do for all all of us for all the rooms. No, we don't want. Said, <laughs> so, well, yeah, charge twenty five dollars extra. Do you want to change? We'll change the carpet. 
That was the only out-of-pocket The color thing. of the carpet? Yeah. Okay. So, the move didn't wow. cost us anything? So this was like the first row of houses on Patrick Henry Street? Um, south, yeah. going south, yeah. yeah. Going north of us, we were in a, an area where the community was already established, but the particular street that we were on, mm-hmm. there were new homes. There were homes off Liberty Canyon, but... Right on on your street. Uh, my particular street was pretty pretty new, and and we were about two houses from the end of the farthest end of the street. There were there were no it was all hills after that. And some of your neighbors were also Sunkist employees. Yes, in fact, two home two homes down, Mercy's friend and my friend is Margaret Dooley. I worked with her husband in at Sunkist. Wow! So yeah. you guys, so we we've been, been neighbors a long time. Long time. We're origi- both of us are original owners still here. Okay. We bought the home in 1971. 1971. Yeah. Wow. And that was the year of the Silmar earthquake. For how much was this house worth? You really want to know that? Huh? I do. <laughs> I'll make one comparison. Okay. Because whenever you mention a, a price on a particular year. It's, it's commensurate with the salary that you're making. Yeah. So you compare it to now or before, it's, it's, the perspective is completely off. But our first home we bought in South San Gabriel cost us $10,700. My house payments were $72 and $23. I had, I had a second mortgage on it. So it was yeah. less, less than $100. And we were able to buy a house. Um, I think Belinda home was sixteen hundred dollars. I mean sixteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and it went up so, and I think our home in Amani was about twenty, maybe twenty thousand, something like that. Um, and then the home in Agora, the model home was brand new, twenty nine nine fifty. Wow. So just a little under thirty. It was a good investment. <laughs> well, the area has gone up. Well, uh, at the time that we moved here again, and if we get uh, because of twenty five percent, that was our down payment. There were twenty five percent that Sunkist gave us for selling our old house. They literally paid for. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't have any out of pocket <laughs> expenses. I went from that old house to this house, and that's why I figured it was that's a godsend. Yeah. The, the only thing was that. Uh, when we first moved out here, the exit before ours to get to our home, there was a rest stop. That's how far out we were. There was a rest stop on the exit before we came. Oh, so house. that would be Lost Hills. Lost Hills Road was an exit. Was a rest that was stop. a rest. So where did you go, like grocery shopping? Um, the area that's now called Wizens. Mm-hmm. They must have had three stores. Um, one was a post Dewitt center. O- one was a post. <laughs> one no. Oh no. Oh, there was only three stores: a post office, a mom and pop grocery store, and I think one other one. No, no, you're talking small, small businesses. So yeah, you'd have I, to go to the valley to go to like a regular oh, absolutely. grocery store on Canaan Road. Mm-hmm. Going north on Canaan Road, there were no shopping centers. It was empty. There's no homes. Yeah. The only closest thing that was homes was, was Hill, there a, Hill, Hill Rise. Was that Denny's there? Yes. 
And so our famous recollection is when we decided to to move out there, we we it was Denny's, and we we saw the the hills from there. It was a great view. And the old lady face mountain, which, and oh, yeah. it was just I mean, and forget it's hardly any. It, I think it was two, two lane highway at that time, not four or six. That it was just very small, and uh, so we both said, uh, you know, what are we doing out here? There's nobody out here. <laughs> this is the end of the world. No yeah. one, no one's gonna no. ever come visit us. We're beyond the rest stop. Who was gonna come <laughs> once I tell them it's the next exit after the rest stop? <laughs> And and we were both wondering, says, do we really want to move this? And I'm thinking, now she's coming from a big family, and she's got all her students in East LA, and a lot of minor East LA. So it was yeah. it was quite a quite a uh, move. We could we moved from East LA, Almani, East LA. You won't get as many visitors out here. <laughs> well, I, I understand. And so we were kind kind of concerned about that. And uh, but no, I said no. We we really need to do this. But, and so over we made, eggs and bacon. You decided. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but we we both remember sitting sitting there, looking out the window, and for us it was it's beautiful. I mean, the mountains, hills, and we're both raised in the city. Yeah, we loved what sure. we saw. We the, hey, this is country for us, you know. Yeah, a lot of farmland, sheep and cows, and uh, yeah, and the hills. They, the they, hills they in fact on on Las Virginas, many many times. Um, that's how they would cut the uh, the weeds. They wouldn't have tractors. They'd rent herds of sheep, and they'd yeah. breed hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of sheep, and they would just roam the top of that hill and mow the lawn. And of course, we we say Agora Hills, but Agora Hills wasn't incorporated until the eighties, right. much later. It so was it was just, just sort of known colloquially as as Ag Agora. Agora. Period. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it would be like the city of L.A. Would yeah. be on your mail essentially. That's although it was a it was a Gora, uh, but it was a Gora. Yeah, in fact, uh, when we I forget what the population was at that time, but the church that we attended that we started to attend in Agora uh, had like thirty two people in it. Wow! <laughs> and it was really funny because it was such a small church. Um, when we walked into the first service. Uh, they were meeting at Shumash Park at the Recreation oh. Building Center, which is one room where they, during the week, would play ping pong and caroms and things like that. But once a Sunday, they rented that just to hold a service. So, uh, Shumash Park. That's not still there. Is it that Recreation Center? Uh, Shumash Park is now the... Uh, senior Citizen Center. Oh, uh, I, I was thinking the called. one next to Agora High School at Shumash Park. Is that not it? Um, well, that's not important. Um, no, but that's not the one. Yeah. But this is the one right off Chesbro. It's literally, yeah. but it's not there anymore. But it was only 30, 32, 30 people. And it was interesting because when we first walked into the first service, we increased the number of people by 30%. Because seven of us walked in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and we, we got was there a little bit late because we couldn't find it. It was in the park. 
Wow. And so they stopped the service. He's preaching and he stops the service and he, he says, Oh, I had some guests here. So everybody turns around. <laughs> they brought in benches for us. Benches. No backs. Wooden. <laughs> wooden benches. Wooden benches. And all seven of us sat, sat on a on a wooden bench. Wow, so how do how do all seven of you travel in, in one car? Uh yeah. cozy. <laughs> wow, what what car did you have at that time? Oh gee, I don't remember. I remember we had some a, boat. You know? We had a, no, we had a we had, I had a Chevrolet and when I was in Belinda. And gee, I don't remember all the different cars I had. Yeah, because yeah. with the hatchback, you can you know put kids no, back there. No, no, we didn't have anything like that. <laughs> we didn't have a. They didn't have UVs back then. Back then, they would have things like station wagons, if you will. <laughs> yeah. This was it probably before the seatbelt law, even. <laughs> oh yes, that's absolutely yeah. That. Yeah. Wow, and of course, uh, what I like about Agora is Paramount Ranch. Had all those great movies and TV shows sure. filmed over there in Malibu Lake. Yeah. It had Frankenstein and uh, How Green Was My Valley was filmed at Paramount Ranch. And later on, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman and all this fun stuff. So. Yeah. And there there was a racetrack over there that that they had. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. I forgot about the racetrack. Yeah, and they had a pool back there near... Uh, Canaan, where the old place is, oh, yeah, like the rock store, they had a post office. Kellenbeger's so Ranch. Kellenbeger's Ranch. Yeah, the Rock Cafe. There was a Rock Cafe where all the motorcyclists would stop by. And, yeah. Wow. Cool. So, um, you're in Agora and working at Sunkist. What was the job after Sunkist? you're only there three years I got a job I don't remember the, I have to look at my resumes <laughs> I, uh, cause you always I, had to have a, a job lined up when when you I left think the I other went, one I think I went from oh yeah I think I went from Sunkist to executive life I think yeah, I think I went from Sunkist to Executive Life. Let me ask you this. Beverly Hills. You know, Thanksgiving was last week. So, uh, speaking of Thanksgiving traditions, um, you know, do you remember when Ron and Patricia had their kids and, you know, the two families come together for Thanksgiving uh, with Al or Trudy? Who, who hosted the Thanksgiving get-togethers? What were the holidays like? I don't remember the what years they were, but um, I know there were some gatherings at um, when we were first married. I believe the gatherings were at my mother's house for Thanksgiving when she was alive, and we would go there. Um, and where did she live at the time? She lived in El Monte, Sicil. Uh, City called El Sereno. Oh, El Sereno. El Sereno. Sure. Yeah. And, but I don't know for how long it was because we were married then. I think she, we'd come back and have Thanksgiving with her. Um, I don't even know what year we started uh, to do it. I think we started to do it here at Agora because I don't remember doing it in any of the other three homes. 
right. inviting people over and the family. We didn't have a family; they were just growing. Mm-hmm. So when we, so when we got established here in Agora, we so had our when, own Thanksgiving. You when know? your kids were really young, it was at your mom's house in El Sereno. Yeah. With probably your kids and Ron's kids. Yeah. Right? And yeah. Uh, uh, Mike and Mark, probably. And Patricia might have been at some of those. Patricia, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it was here at Agora. Yeah. Where we, where we Are stayed. those um, positive memories? Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but you know what? I, I don't remember too much about them. Yeah. I remember attending there and. They were fine, and nothing, no, no bad things or anything, but I don't recall. Yeah, you special, were so busy special with, things. With the family. You know, I think raising the family mostly. Yeah. About raising my kids and keeping, it, keeping track see... of them and eyeing them, making sure. <laughs> yeah. They were getting into trouble. <laughs> doing things they shouldn't. I mean, be did, doing. did your, you know, parents ever visit you out here? Oh yes, many you know, times. They would come out. Oh, many, many times, and I think that's when. Because w- did you see Mike or Mark that much when they were growing up, or they would come over, or you might go over there? Um. No, they they pretty much uh, led led their separate lives. Uh, I think we would get together more often. When we moved out to Agora, and because you had the space to sort of host well, everyone. Well, not, not only not only that, but when my kids got older, it seemed like the the music likes you know uh, uh, affinity for they the music. They started getting into music, and my kids were in music. Yeah. And then that's how I think it. Then we got even closer and closer because we they did a lot of things together. We did a lot of things together. When did you get that piano? Uh, I don't know what what year, but Louis and Marisa decided that they wanted to become full time missionaries. Okay. And it belonged to them because Marisa plays the piano. That's a it's a baby. It's not not a full grand. It's a baby grand. Mm. And um, oh, so they had it first and gave it to you. They had well, yeah, because they. Um, uh, I don't think I paid for any money. I think they gave it to us because they had the missionary, just like the Bible. You know, you can't take on, it with close, yeah. Close on your back, yeah, and you go. A piano with and it. that's what they did. They sold all the furniture, they sold everything, and got rid of it, wow. so they could move down to Mexico City. And or or if, if not, then when he was traveling with Luis Palau as a as a as a gospel preacher. Touring, touring the world, but uh, so they so we bought the piano over here. What about that big clock? The grandfather clock. The grandfather clock. That's been here as long as I can that remember. You ask, you know, uh, when we went out to Agora, at I think it was at the one of the malls. Uh, I think it was I think it was the Oaks Mall when it was. Not so expensive. To, to <laughs> yeah, you just you wanted to get one a of clock. the departments that they had where it sold grandfather clocks. Wow! And so at one year, probably income tax refund money. I'm not sure, but we said, you know what? We heard, we read someplace where people <laughs> get grandfather's clocks and they pass it on down. Say, so, well, let's let's start doing something like that. 
So um, we decided uh, we had an overpayment. That's not a real, really expensive one, <laughs> but for us it was expensive. Yeah, it's okay. uh, it might have cost a thousand dollars or nine hundred. I don't even remember what it cost. Wow. But but I think we had to make payments on it. I think for a while. And oh. then 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 we got it. But the whole idea was something that passed down, and it would be to, and then they say it's supposed to be to our eldest son. Okay. So that's what, why we bought it at that time. That would go to the eldest son, and he would pass it on to his son, and he would pass it on. Cool. Uh, I have to ask my dad if he wants it. Uh, at, at what point? But only time. <laughs> at what point did you add on that back room, which is now your TV room? Yeah, I don't know what year. <laughs> okay. I don't know what year, but I I can date it with when Jemco. The store oh. existed because it was through Jemco that we got the patio. And so you had to hire a contractor to come out. No, nope. Jemco, like you do a lot of things, like Home Depot, they contract with people. Remember? Okay. So they so, so I'm going them through them. Okay. Yeah, and so through through Jemco, they put us in contact with their contractor, and then their contractor comes out and does. Okay, and that was just so you could have... It wasn't like someone's bedroom. You just wanted more square footage. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to actually have a patio. Yeah. Because yeah, our, our home is only 1560 square feet. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not real big. Yeah. What were some of the, the trips with the kids? Camping trips? You know, anything like road trips? Anything like that? Um... A couple come to mind. Uh, I remember once um, I had a friend that that I worked with with the insurance company downtown Los Angeles, and he had a truck where they put the cabin on the back of the truck. Yeah, camper shell. A camper camper shell. So he 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 loaned me the camper show. He he loaned me the truck to go oh. take it for. Him. So I remember making a trip up to Idlewild mm-hmm. with the kids, and a trip down to Capitan Beach, and we slept down there with all the kids, and a little crowded. Yeah. You know, but um, intense and stuff. Yeah, but the, I think the very one of the first um, camping trips, if you will, because I went a lot of camping when I was in the Scouts. And I don't think Mercy's ever been camping, per se. So, we went to a place called Falling Springs, it's in the San Bernardino Mountains, and got this small cabin. And I still remember my my mind's eye sitting in this little kitchen nook with wooden benches and a table in the middle, and it's just like a nook. And I had the kids there, and and uh, I think we only had two, two or three of them then at that time, and. Uh, it was just kind of neat to take take them camping yeah. that way, uh, but then when we went to Idlewild, I had a little scare because um, one of them ran off. There was actually a, a, a Christian camp up there, but I had the camper again with the truck, and we camped. And uh, uh, they like to wander off. Kids do, <laughs> yeah. and then we heard that. 
So when you can't, when you call it Steve. That's why you add five in case you lose one. I think, I think, you yeah. Four I, more. I think Steve uh, was the one that fell from a rock, climbing a rock. And we thought he really hurt himself. And I think he hurt his leg or something. But we were, it was a pretty, pretty steep fall. Oh, wow. And on rocks. And, and that, that kind of scared me a little bit. But it was a nice time up there with it. I love being out in the mountains. Um, and then I would take him uh, camping when we first got married to places where I went on one of my scouts, not too far, Santa Anita Canyon, which is not very far from here, from where we lived. And you have to walk quite a ways down, and you see some water and stuff. It was it was pretty neat. But I remember taking taking uh, lunch there. We'd have lunch in the mountains. They have wooden tables, and uh, we only had one problem. I think it was William. Uh, he needed to go to the bathroom, and he discovered that the only bathrooms they have up there is outhouses. <laughs> He would he was worried not about falling in. go in one of those places. So we had and just stuff like this. He just saw the big hole and then that's the right. Hole in. Yeah. I don't like those places the big either. Dark hole, yeah. And so, but I remember we had a problem with that one time. He's in nature. Can he just go anywhere? <laughs> so I'm not sure. The forest is your bathroom. And <laughs> and then there was one time when I think it was the same time. Um, we actually had a deer come up to us. When we were there, wow. yeah, we are very close to us. I think we even had a picture of it one time. <laughs> so I love taking uh, camping and things like that. Um, but I think what's the other one? That, uh, and, and and we went to the beach a lot. The beach, yeah, yeah, I went to the. You beach know, there a is there is some sort of an infamous story of Andy taking off on a big wheel or a tricycle and going up the street and. Oh, uh, over to some store. Oh no, no, that was that was uh, Matt. Oh, it was Matt. Yeah, and it was at El Monte, and it was a good full block, maybe a block and a half from the corner was a big bonds market, and, um, and he yeah he decided one day, uh, I think he was uh, under school age, so was four or five, hadn't been in school yet, and. Uh, he had a next door neighbor was same age, maybe young. I think it's younger, and so he, he 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 put the younger one in the wagon and decided they were going to go to the store. Oh, so he had a friend with him. Yeah, he took a friend. <laughs> so an accomplice. And the way we way we find out about it is because the mother came over, he says, "I'm missing my boy," <coughs> and he figured that he figured Matt was missing too, so we called the police. She couldn't leave because we had the other kids there, so she called the police and the police came. And make a long story short, uh, on that same street going towards or coming back, I remember which, which one it was. They didn't have any money. I don't know how they got to buy stuff. <laughs> so uh, the next thing we knew, we had a real long driveway in front of us. And we saw the police car drive up and uh, open the door. And then they, they, they took they took the both kids out. And they're walking up this long driveway to our house. <laughs> and um, uh, no, don't forget, this is... Um, um, somehow, bef but they were in the car a little while before the police let them go back on the driveway <laughs> back to the house. So whatever they said to them, 
They didn't think any more locks. Where did he want to get out Vaughn? After the, who knows what, <laughs> what a five-year-old wants to do, you know? Wow. But we were, we were. God, thank you that nothing wow, happened. So and Matt was that grounded. Wouldn't kidnap him or something, you know? Or got and, and back then those streets, those particular streets where we were living, did not have sidewalks. Yeah. <laughs> so so they had so the property went up to the asphalt. And a little little lip there, but that's it. So they were they were going to be halfway in the street, going up, going down the street. So okay, well before I let you go, um, let's end by uh, I want you to tell me about each kid, my aunts and uncles, when they were a kid or a teenager. You know, like what what were they like? I'm always curious. Meaning. Meaning, like you know, what what was Liz like as a kid? What was she? Into a personality, or how you would uh, describe her, you know. Why was she wearing a sombrero and a poncho in that one photo <laughs> that I showed? Um, Just sort of a vague, you know, a memory or It'll be vague, it'll be vague. Well, yeah, no, 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 uh, you know, kids and teenagers, what are they? Well, I won't necessarily do it in order. Like, pretend I, like I, I know nothing about them, you know. Um, she has maybe certain characteristics. Um, yeah, all kids are different. Um, what, what comes to mind? Well, I think, just generally speaking right now, at least I remember both... Well, I guess that Liz, Matt... And Steve, and I guess, I guess, I guess, all of our kids, in in a sense, um, we were we were not rich at mm-hmm. all to say anything about being rich. We were, God bless us with a home, and I'm thankful for that. But I'll, I'll give you this as an example, and this is what I can say generally about the kids, apart from their individual skills and talents, if you will. Um, Steve had a friend during probably junior high school I think that lived over in, in Hidden Hills and maybe Bursley told you this story and uh, you know, he, he used to go over there and, and play with him uh, and then but Steve one day asked mom he said, you know what I don't understand why he his boyfriend wants to come over our house and play in our house. He says, I've been Boyfriend. There. I have... Well, you know, his... his, 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 his oh. and, and, and I said, his... He has everything. Okay. He's in hidden hidden hills. Mm-hmm. He has his own room. Uh, see, I can hardly have it, but well, these two. Yeah. And he has his own room. He has his own TV. He has his own phone. He has his own... Now, he's, this is junior high, sixth, seventh grade. And, and Steve never seen anything like that. You know, we well we have, we live in a relatively affluent area, and we never did before, and so he says, "Why does he want to come over in our house? We don't have I don't have any stuff to show." And then, because of that incident, we we realized then that for the most part, our our kids are people, people, mm-hmm. not things, people. For the most part, they make friends easy. They're long-lasting friends. Uh, they do things together, and that seems to be 
most important above matters and above things. You know, in fact, Steve one time came in and he said, I don't know if it was the same incident or some other time, but he says, he said, hey, Mom, are we poor? See, no, no idea mm -hmm. about things. Uh, he says, you know, I, we would tell him, yeah, uh, there are a lot of parents where they have kids where they only have one, one shoe instead of two. No, we didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he no. said lower middle class. But that, so I think that a lot of people, and of course, the, the all, all, including Liz, they all seem to be competitive. They're in sports. Uh, even Liz loved to reach track. She did a lot of track. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, uh, but sure. I remember Matt wanted to go out for, for, for basketball in high school. And he was on a team. And he, he made a decision, unbeknownst to me at the time, because I played basketball in high school, that he they were starting some kind of a Bible club there, mm -hmm. and um, there was a lot of problems in the school with, with that even that, back at that time, and um, he 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 wanted to spend more time in the Bible club than he dropped basketball. So that was my first clue that that, that he, he was more interested in spiritual spiritual yeah. things than, yeah. rather than. And he loved basketball. He loved playing it. And he still does. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's not a thing like that. Um, so they all, all were kind of in sports and, and like doing things. Reading and... And um, kind of then, then, then music, they were all skilled in, in music um, and sports. But... but uh, uh, and a, and and a lot of their friends liked to come over. This Your house was very welcoming... Yeah, they they, they felt pretty easy to to, to know, from, yeah come on over and we'll, we'll hang John out. John Gutter wrote to the Brangle and to every you know all their friends. Yeah, in fact, uh, Matt had a slew of friends that he still has today yeah. be, be, because of that. Yeah, but that speaks very highly of the house you built that it would be such a warm and inviting. Yeah, see, environment. And, and most of that was was in mercy too because I'm at work, you know. Mm -hmm. And she's the one who was home, so she's the one who had the the, the benefit of that and saw them, and because yeah. she was always offering something, you know, to, for them to eat and stuff. And well, she uh, took after her mom in that way. Always a lot of people over oh, yeah. and and hanging out. Yeah, uh, you know, I think you had a basketball hoop on the garage, right? Yeah, we had a basketball yeah. hoop up there. <laughs> so. That I thought we were gonna tear the wall down, but yeah, we did. We did have one there for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of fun there. So, but um, then it's almost like peering into another time because you don't really have stay-at-home moms as much anymore, where the neighborhood yeah. kids come over and sort and of. And I think, and I think the kids. It's like um, a different era. <laughs> I think the kids really uh, liked coming home when there was somebody there. I think they really did. Yeah. And they got used to it. Um, yeah, makes sense. But but I think they liked that. And because they'd always... Always you know, something to play them. with each other. And well, and, and but then at the same time, you know, because mom was there, you know, I'm sure uh, they, they would tell her stuff that happened during the day, you know, at yeah. school and good or bad or whatever. And, 
and but she was there to, uh, to listen and of course her mom was always home there to listen too so she, I know that she was kind of kind of set that standard but yeah uh, but uh, personality wise I think it just they, they like people they like friends and like to be around people and there are many, many times so we'd have sometimes the last minute surprise guest at Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> from Matt. Hey, do you have room for two more? It still more? happens. Yeah. You know, <laughs> till this day. <laughs> so, uh, wow. But, uh, and, that, and that, was, that was cool. I tell you, I did one of the, uh, um, for many, many, many years, um, at least the, as far as the, the, the boys were, were concerned, when they started getting the ministry at, uh, at all, even as interns and stuff, one of the things I enjoyed with the boys, are, uh, Matt and Christy, and William later on too, was uh, I had a, a lot of times we talk about, if I'll put it, say it this way, church business, things about the church, spiritual things happening, people and things. Um, the growth of the church, problems in the church, and uh, um, so for me that was a, one of the greatest highlights of my life, because if you will, and I, I don't want to say it in a bragging sense, but but instead of talking about other things, mm -hmm. I could we could talk together and about His work, God's work, yeah, His business. And we talk about that and band back and forth and things and and <clears throat> have some good arguments sometimes too, um, but that was that was that was that was cool. Well, there me. you know what's what's the verse, uh, you know, bring up your kid in the way he should go and yeah. he will not depart the path. And uh, we'll have to talk and, about that verse. <laughs> blessed is a man who has a quiver, quiver full of arrows, you know, and you certainly had a, a quiver full of arrows. Yeah. Yeah, and those uh, those were the the wonder years. Well, that's probably a good place to put a pin in it. Okay. For now, Very good. until next time, if you'll have me back. Next time. <laughs> yeah. There's not much more. I don't think. <laughs> There's not. Well, you you know you have grandchildren. If someone's hey, you know, if and, someone's listening, and you've had be... other jobs beyond Sunkist and stuff, you know, so there we can probably do one more to wrap it up. Oh, okay. Wrap up the the story. So, but for now. This is Caleb and Jim signing off.